Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeart Radio. George Norrie with you, Dr. Simeon Heinbeck with us, former university professor in statistics and research methods. He came across the idea of remote viewing in 1986, somewhat skeptical, but as a result of the training, surprisingly positive, and it convinced Dr. Hein that there is a large area of scientific knowledge that is being withheld from public discussion. Subsequently, he established the not-for-profit Institute for Resonance, and began teaching remote viewing classes in Boulder, Colorado, and continues to teach online. He also became interested in topics of crop circles, unexplained area phenomena, and extraterrestrials. Dr. Simeon Hine, back on Coast to Coast. Simeon, welcome back. Hey, hey, George. Thanks for having me here tonight. How have you been? I've been really good, yeah. Thanks for asking. Perfect. I, yeah, we, you and I, I think we talked about two years ago when you were here in uh, Louisville. Yes, absolutely. Love that area, by the way. Isn't yeah. it something else? Oh, yeah, really beautiful really out here. Good. I want to get your reaction. You've been following this story of these objects that we've shot down. People right. are baffled by these things. I mean, hexagonal, octagonal, balloon-like. Yeah. Well, what do you think's going on? Well... You know, these sort of phenomena that defy sort of an obvious explanation have been with us for decades, as our listeners know. And it's just not surprising that we've ignored all, you know, an entire range of these phenomena. We've done some remote viewing of these objects over the past couple of days, just out of curiosity. What'd you, what'd you uncover? Well, I had one one viewer who refers to himself, some listeners might know him as Psychic X. He, he really wanted to do some viewing. I, this was a blind target, and I gave him that object that was shot down over Lake Huron. And uh, what he came up with is that this is some sort of transmedium object that could also go underwater as well as be in the air. And... Uh, he said that there are probably more of them than just the ones that have been seen so far. It's some sort of uh, data gathering device that has a lot of advanced uh, capabilities.
and the, I, and I have a feeling, Simeon, that's been going on for years, and we probably didn't do anything about it or know about it. What do you think? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think Chris Mellon uh, posted an article on his blog yesterday or today where he said that as a result of the TTSA efforts and his work with uh, Luis Elizondo, that the sensors have been recalibrated on these aircrafts, uh, you know, the radar systems and so forth, so that they're picking up more of these objects that have always been out there, but we haven't uh, really been, you know, detecting before. You wrote a book last year called Dark Matter Monsters, Cryptids, Ball Lightning, and the Science of Secret Life Form. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, George, you know, as you mentioned, I've been teaching remote viewing ever since I learned about it in 1996. And uh, just as Ingo Swan has said, it was really quite a shock to find out that it even worked. I mean, I was open-minded to the idea. I didn't realize that everyone had this ability, you know, let alone myself. Yeah. So realizing that you could describe a target you hadn't seen yet, very accurately draw pictures of them, it just seemed to me that it made sense to teach other people how to do this because it opens up your mind to abilities that you don't even know you have. And in in, in the process of teaching people remote viewing here in Boulder and many other places around the world over the past couple decades, I came across Bigfoot witnesses here and there, and the evidence started to accumulate that there was really something going on that was very important, especially here in Boulder at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. These uh, people who came to my classes, local people, would tell me during lunch, tell our group, you know, during breaks about encounters they had had with uh, Bigfoot, for the most part. And I started to see that there were some similarities between this sort of topic and the topic of cryptids and cryptozoology, some of the phenomena around these creatures, these life forms, whatever they may be, that was very similar to other sorts of paranormal phenomena. And I realized there was sort of an underlying set of scientific principles that really may connect them together. We have heard three different theories on Bigfoot, Simeon. One is that it's a natural creature, maybe the missing link. Two, that it's dimensional. And three, that it could be extraterrestrial. What do you think of those? Right. So my initial understanding of this topic came from Art Bell many uh, years ago. Right. When he was talking with Lauren Coleman and other people that knew about this subject. And I was convinced for the longest time that this had to be some sort of relic primate, you know, just some sort of very rare primate that existed mainly in the northwest of the U.S. and other parts of the world. But over the years, I've realized that I don't think that that's actually an accurate description of what's going on. Uh, The behavior of this creature uh, has many elements that are very similar to humans, and Talking with a Russian researcher uh, about a year or two ago in Bailey, Colorado, at one of the Bigfoot conferences, you know, day-long conferences held by the Sasquatch outpost, he said that the Russian researchers, and, and Igor's been studying this topic for 50 years. He's probably the oldest researcher to the Bigfoot topic. In Russia, they call it the Almasty. He said they initially thought it was a relic primate, maybe Gigantopithecus. 
from many, you know, thousands of years ago that had survived the ice ages and so forth. But after a while, they looked at the behavior, the language, uh, the way they walk bipedally and so forth, swim and all this. And they concluded it might be a relic human, just some sort of very rare relative to us, another type of uh, a Neanderthal or something like this. Mm -hmm. But then he added something really interesting, George, that caught my attention. He said it had paranormal abilities that they had concluded it was a paranormal human. Mm. And when you look at the witness accounts of telepathy, mind speak, Igor gave us accounts that we've heard here in the U.S. of cloaking, invisibility, and many other features that just defy ordinary physical reality. When I looked into this, I, it seemed to me that what Igor was saying was true. It's a human-type being with paranormal abilities that you and I have to actually take classes in to learn how to do, like remote viewing or psychokinesis that they just naturally seem to possess. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And these creatures have this ability to disappear at will, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, that's what witnesses that I've talked to describe, and, and you can read about it yourself, David Polite says, uh, examples of this too, where they just seem to literally disappear in front of your eyes. In some cases, the witnesses say they only see like parts of the Bigfoot there, or even more more strangely, they seem to jump around the area, almost like a cartoon character from here to there, back again in ways that completely defy our ordinary description of reality. So they really seem to have maybe what Ron Moorhead has described as quantum abilities. You know, he talks about this in his book, The Quantum Bigfoot. Something on that order, really almost another state of matter. Is it conceivable that the creature may be human but lives in a parallel universe? Yeah, I think that's a very reasonable interpretation of what's going on. Because they seem to show up, and then in other cases... You're looking at them. They can disappear. And they don't just disappear like uh, they're gone. There's like a flash of light that Stan Gordon described in his book, uh, Silent Invasion. I mean, I heard him give lectures about this like 20 years ago, about those cases in uh, southwestern Pennsylvania from the 70s. You'll see this luminous phenomena. And that's another thing that really caught my attention. The same phenomena that we've seen around crop circles, the orbs, balls of light, strange luminous phenomena are also seen around Bigfoot and other cryptids, which is a real indication to me that there's a connection to some underlying scientific phenomena there. You see these glowing orbs around them and uh, strange luminosities that you don't normally see around other sorts of mammals. You certainly don't see this when you go to the zoo. So there's something about them that's really different. And I think the parallel reality idea is certainly a very real possibility. And where do crop circles fit into this? Is Are these messages from some other dimension? Well, for me, crop circles fit into it because, as you know, and as I've described on Coast to Coast over the years, when you and I have talked, and I've talked with some of your other hosts, yeah. we found a lot of really strange electromagnetic effects around crop circles. And, and this happened as soon as I went over there with uh, a guy named Ron Russell who was giving tours, a, a Denver area artist who was giving tours over there in the 90s. I went over with him in 1997, and even in that summer, I saw camera and battery failure, even to the point where you'd have the solder connections melt in the power supply on a camcorder that was put down in a crop circle. And then other really strange effects, even as you approach the crop circle. So I could see even in my own equipment, uh, starting in about 1999, that there were electromagnetic effects that really were not explainable in any conventional sense. I mean, as a kid, I used to build electronic kits with my paper route money. So I knew the fundamentals of electronics and radios, but something really strange was going on around crop circles. But the biggest shock to me, George, was to hear witnesses describe the same sorts of things happening around Bigfoot, cameras failing, batteries failing, time loss, a kind of a blurriness around the creature and things like that. I couldn't actually believe that there was a connection between crop circles and Bigfoot and 
cryptids too. But it seems that there's something going on that's kind of similar between them that makes them uh, create strange effects on our electronic devices. Why, Simeon, have we not had many crop circle reports lately? I mean, in the past, it seemed like every other week there was a new one across this planet. I haven't heard many now. Well, to be honest about it, there were people making them in the UK. Right. Uh, I'm not saying that that was the source of them originally. If you look at some of these books, like uh, I think it's Colin Wilson's book, The Secret History, Terry Wilson's The Secret History of Crop Circles, he describes these going back hundreds of years. But it is true that groups of people made them. And I got to meet these people, and I wrote about it in my book, Opening Minds, meeting these circle makers, initially thinking they were hoaxers, and then realizing that they understood that once you created these shapes, there was a really special type of energy there that they could see affected their electronics, cameras, our, you know, our equipment, and so forth. And they began to make more and more of these. But I think another way to look at it is these sorts of information and energy can take different forms from decade to decade, and it can switch from UFO phenomena to crop circles. I have met witnesses who have seen meadows and meadow plants flattened by flying disks, UFOs, and so forth. So it's actually a rather complex phenomenon. I don't think it has just one source. And I wrote about that in Black Swan Ghosts. I mean, people have seen orbs and balls of light around crop circles. They've seen UFOs. But the interesting thing, George, even the human circle makers described to me seeing the same phenomena when they were out in the field. Mm -hmm. In some cases, when they were about to make these circles, orbs showed up and chased them out of the fields. I know this happened in 1998 in an area called uh, Tosmead Cops by Alton Barnes in Wiltshire. And other circle makers described seeing small triangular craft come over the circles as they were making them at night, uh, as almost as, as if they were inspecting them. So it's a, quite a complex phenomenon. And it, there were, certainly was a time when there were more of them. There seemed to be less uh, now. But that doesn't mean that, you know, the whole energy is gone. It's probably just transformed itself into other types of phenomena. Are the orbs and ball lightning one and the same, Simeon? Yeah, I think they are, George. I'm just, that's the argument I make in Dark Matter Monsters is Earth lights, Hestalin lights, orbs, ball lightning, as other researchers argue too. I'm not the first to argue that. Uh, people who have looked at this very seriously, and as you know, ball lightning goes back hundreds of years. Many right. people have researched this, written books. It's all really the same type of matter. We could call it coherent matter. It's a fifth state of matter beyond plasmas and the ordinary states of matter that we're used to. It's a type of compressed matter. And the real interesting thing is why would you see it around Bigfoot and crop circles and UFOs and even haunted locations? And there's no question there seems to be some intelligence behind these orbs, don't you think? That is the really interesting thing about it. And, and George, even ball lightning researchers are really puzzled by this. And it's not something I can completely explain. Even the most physical scientific explanation of ball lightning is a type of compressed matter that has formed a type of coherency, kind of like uh, the Bose-Einstein condensate that, you know, was postulated by Einstein and Bose in, in, in 1969. 
1925 and then discovered finally and actually here in Boulder in 1995. Those states of matter have a purely physics description. You can describe them that way. But when you look at the behavior of ball lightning, it can actually seem like it's intelligent. It can follow people around, animals. And there is a real fine gray zone between orbs, ball lightning, and even UFOs. Even the ball lightning researchers say that they can't distinguish completely between UFOs and orbs. So it, there's a real continuum here. And it's really interesting how some of it seems to pick up, you know, some sort of intelligence and tension. A very interesting subject. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.